0: Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Xander's Facts. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. And no, this is not a new episode of the podcast. I know, tears. But this week we got something else special for you. It's a Xander's Facts flashback where we look back. At a past episode of The Facts, because, you know, I feel like there's so many facts in each episode of Zander's Facts that sometimes we miss some. So sometimes we have to go back and be like, oh, well, I missed that fact. Important facts, too. So that's what we're doing this week. We are going back to episode 105, The Weaponization of Education, y'all. We're going to get to that in just a second. But before we do, I just wanted to remind you all that if you like The Zander's Facts podcast, if you think you're going to like this week's flashback, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode. Rate and review the podcast, and then check us out on all the socials, Twitter, threads, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Xander's Facts, that's Xander with a Z, and most importantly, remember to tell all your friends, spread the facts, Xander's Facts Podcast, tell all your friends about the podcast, about the newsletter, Xander's Weekend Facts, it is a recap of the week's top headlines, it comes out every Sunday morning, it is free to sign up. You should do that in this episode's description, and also check out the Zaders Facts link tree, because it has all the Zaters Facts links that you need that is also linked below in this episode's description, linktr.ee slash zaders Facts. And also remember to listen to any of our past episodes of the podcast, because Flashback Week is a good time to catch up on any episodes you've missed, like last week we had our NFL season preview... We just had week one of the NFL season wrap up on Monday night. I made I talked about all the teams, made my picks. And I also did so for college football the week prior, episode 116. Go check out those pods in any of our past podcasts. All past 117 episodes. So we've got episode 118. Before we get to this week's flashback, I'll tell you about episode 118. Because that is coming up next week, September 20th, 2023. We are talking about... Next week, the Hollywood strikes. You know, the actors are on strike, the writers are on strike. I'm basically going to give y'all the lowdown. Why is that happening? When is it going to stop? All basically, all the answers to all the questions you've got, all the facts. What's going on in Hollywood? We talk about that next week, episode 118, September 20th. So set your alarms, y'all. Because already I can tell you, That's going to be a pretty good podcast. But let's get to this week's Xander's Facts Flashback. We go back, as I said, to episode 105. That was back in May when we talked about basically the biggest challenge, I think, that's facing public education in America. politicization. We get into all that. It's a pretty feisty podcast, but it has a lot of facts. So let's get right to it. We are going back to May for this week's Xander's Facts Flashback, talking about the challenges Facing public education on this week's Xander's Facts Flashback. Xander's Facts. But let's get to our main event this week, which is education and specifically the weaponization of education, because we've talked about all the problems that schools in America are facing a couple times before on this podcast. As I mentioned, just almost a year ago to the day, episode 63, we talked about all the troubles facing public schools. We talked back in July of 2021, almost two years ago, about critical race theory. And we were like, what exactly is critical race theory? And we looked and then we looked at if public schools, K through 12 schools are teaching it. And we found out that they weren't. So, if you want to go listen to those two podcasts, though, episode 63 and episode 24, you should probably do that. Same as bug. But back on episode 63 a year ago, we outlined 15, 15 big issues that are facing public schools. We talked about, I'm just going to roll through them right here. Listen up. Deficits in government funding for schools. That's kind of, you know, self-explanatory. Decline in school safety. Obviously, because of mass shootings, challenges with technology and education, controversy over charter schools and voucher programs. You all know how I feel about charter schools, problems with the common core curriculum. We got number six, decreased teacher salaries. The number I had was between the 2009-2010 school year and the 2021-2022 school year. The average salary for K-12 public school teachers dropped by almost 5%. Like, that's ridiculous. We've also got emphasis on standardized testing, which isn't too great. Arguments about teacher tenure, bullying, of course, growing problems about student poverty. Over 50% of public school children were classified low income, which is up over 10% from the beginning of the century. It's the truth. Schools are overcrowded. Student mental health challenges are a major concern. Parents aren't involved enough sometimes. Too many schools are being closed. I think I told y'all back on that episode about the story of my elementary school when I was in first grade closing, and then I had to go to another elementary school for second grade. And then lack of teacher innovation and outdated teaching methods, which is not really a teacher issue. It's more of a policy issue. So we got those 15, and each one of them is pretty important. And these are the challenges that public schools, in the U.S. are facing. But I would like to add another problem that public schools are facing, and it kind of goes in direct contrast with one of those aforementioned issues. Number 13, parents are not involved enough. Well, the issue I'd like to raise is that some parents are, and not even just parents, in some cases just random adults, are too involved. And we call that the weaponization of education. Critical race theory is a big part of this. It's not where it started. It's not where it's going to stop. But critical race theory is kind of in this because obviously critical race theory is not being taught in public school. Parents are not even parents. As I said, just random adults, their involvement in schooling has gotten to the point in some cases where it is severely threatening, not just education, but people's lives. And you may be like, Sandra, what are you talking about? You're crazy. Let's take a look this week. We're going to build on our previous education podcast, and we're going to take a look at one group and how they're making things so much worse for everybody involved, even if they don't think so. They are. Case in point, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking this week about a group called Moms for Liberty. <laughs> Now, if you've never heard for Moms for Liberty, it's a nonprofit organization whose mission, according to its website, is quote dedicated to fighting for the survival of America by unifying, educating, and empowering parents to defend their parental rights at all levels of government unquote. But a couple of weeks ago, and I talked about this on the podcast briefly because I wanted to talk about this in a future podcast, which is now. I read an article from Vice News that delved pretty deep into the group known as Moms for Liberty and the tactics they use to get their way. And let me just warn you all, I'm going to be doing a lot of reading on this podcast because I'm going to read this article and another article. Ugh. Because they have a lot of information that I think needs to be widely shared, a lot of facts, and they ain't pretty. So I'm just going to warn you all right now. This article from Vice News, which you can look up online, is called, it's titled, A Far-Right Moms Group is Terrorizing Schools in the Name of Protecting Kids. So I'm going to read this article, a little bit of it. I'm going to showcase some of the things that are happening. It's a long article, but it brings up some extremely important points that we're going to talk about in a little bit. So here we go. Story time, y'all. Let's start off at the beginning. Story time! Tony was at church one Sunday when his boyfriend's parents outed him as gay, walking over to his own parents and just blurring it out. They had found Snapchat messages the teenagers exchanged, and in an instant, Tony's whole world fell apart. And that was the beginning paragraph. I know I have you hooked now, but just keep listening. His mother, Carolyn, who was raised in the Southern Baptist Church and was her local church secretary at the time, was furious at her son. Tony said, quote, she kept telling me that I was going to hell and that I was wrong, that I had to change my ways, unquote. Tony, whose last name is being withheld for privacy reasons, told Vice News. Carolyn forced him into counseling sessions with his church's pastor, who in turn told him that being gay was evil. My goodness. Tony's mental health spiraled soon after being outed in January 2022. He stopped playing baseball, locked himself away in his bedroom. And eventually started cutting and stabbing himself with pencils, but he found some hope through the Rainbow Youth Project, which is an LGBTQ advocacy group whom he first contacted a month later in February. Then, in late March, Carolyn gave her permission for Tony to start counseling with the group, and Tony felt that there was light at the end of the tunnel. Then two months later, out of nowhere, his mother revoked her. Permission. Carolyn tells Vice News she'll never forget how Tony responded to her ban. He said, quote, Mom, you just killed me, unquote. Later that day, Tony attempted to die by suicide. And Carolyn's decision didn't spring out of nowhere. Moms for Liberty, an organization that calls itself a parental rights group, had convinced Caroline that the Rainbow Youth Project was trying to convince Tony to have his private parts removed and changed interesting carolyn first contacted moms for liberty after she heard about them on tucker carlson's show on fox news in february 2022 just a reminder tucker carlson's show on fox news no longer exists whoops believing that they could find a cure for her son's homosexuality she asked for advice on twitter Over the next couple of months, Carolyn was bombarded with information and directed to posts from the group's co-founder Tiffany Justice, all of which helped to convince her to revoke permission for Tony's counseling. A couple of weeks after, Tony attempted to die by suicide. Completely out of the blue, a member of the Austin chapter of Moms for Liberty knocked on Carolyn's door. The woman who introduced herself as Rebecca and was wearing a Moms for Liberty t-shirt Spent two hours sitting in Carolyn's living room telling her about evil books in school libraries and the horrors of drag shows, according to Carolyn, because those are the big issues. I don't think so. Rebecca also showed Carolyn information from hate filled social media accounts like Libs of TikTok and Gays Against Groomers, who I would kind of bet aren't gay. And even information taken directly from the notorious doxing and trolling website Kiwi Farms. At the end of their meeting, Carolyn told Vice News that the woman suggested she sue the Rainbow Youth Project for damaging her son. While this was all happening, Tony was down the hall, locked away in his bedroom, where he had painted the windows black to block out the outside world. After the meeting, Carolyn took Tony to another Christian therapy session. Tony's already fragile mental health worsened, and in July, he once again attempted to die by suicide. It was at that point that Carolyn finally realized the damage she was doing to her son. She said, quote, They were trying to indoctrinate me to be a foot soldier for their cause, told to bake sales and raise money and go to school boards and stand up and fight against them. Looking back, it was never about Tony. It was about them, unquote. Now, the influence Moms for Liberty had on Carolyn and Taylor's lives was not an isolated incident, the article continues. Since the group's founding in Florida in 2020, its influence over local and national Republican politics has grown exponentially. It's now a nationwide movement, has over 260 chapters that claim to be a grassroots group working to protect students and defend parents' rights. Its members are leading the charge on book banning campaigns across the country, and the group says it helped install 275 of its favored candidates. On school boards in 2022 alone, dozens of whom don't have any children attending public schools in their districts. Huh. The group's methods, however, belie the wholesome vision it tries to project. Vice News has spoken to students, administrators, parents, superintendents, school board members, and teachers who have faced vicious attacks by Moms for Liberty. Their stories Paint a picture of a group that conducts orchestrated harassment campaigns against individuals that's resulted in many fearing for their safety and, in some cases, their lives. Now, Laura Layaby, the co founder of Defense of Democracy, a nonprofit group advocating for inclusive education, told Vice News quote, The greatest impact that Moms for Liberty is having is imparting fear within the teachers and the educators. And in the parents, the true impact they're having is really not calculable because I'm seeing teachers who are afraid to speak out because they don't want to be targeted, unquote. Just sounds wonderful. And then in response to a detailed list of questions about the specific allegations that were made against Moms for Liberty in this article, Moms for Liberty points advice news to a press release issued earlier this month speaking about a vague, quote, coordinated effort, unquote, aimed at discrediting the group. Moms for Liberty co-founders. Tiffany Justice and Tina Deskovic wrote in a joint statement, "quote We reject any accusations of dangerous behavior made against us as false. We strongly reject any attempts to portray our members as violent and threatening." Unquote. But, oh, I'm gonna continue with this article. Y'all are gonna see that they are kind of lying. I will note though that over 50 percent of transgender and non-binary youth seriously contemplated suicide last year which is according to the trevor project which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to lgbtq plus youth suicide prevention this is true it is a major issue but moms for liberty didn't seem to care so i'm going to continue here tony has seen firsthand how widespread moms for liberty's impact is In a virtual peer group of 14 other young people organized by the Rainbow Youth Project, quote, there are four others in there that have been through exactly what I have been, where Moms for Liberty and Fox News have totally pulled their parents into the same trap my mom went through. And Moms for Liberty is spreading its warped vision of parental rights, in quotes, across the country. Now, according to the Moms for Liberty website, the group has over 265 chapters in 43 states and a total membership of over 110,000 people. As the maps from the group's website show, the movement is strongest, of course, in its home state of Florida, but it is clear that Moms for Liberty is now in a national organization. It has dozens of chapters in blue states like New York and California. But here's the thing. The tactics that these Moms for Liberty Members are using aren't exactly that great. Morning, morning. I'll just read this here. In Pennsylvania, the leader of a local Moms for Liberty chapter allegedly hijacked a dead woman's Facebook page to harass her enemies, including using the N word and saying they should hang from a noose. In Arkansas, the head of communications for the Lenoir County chapter said that librarians should be quote plowed down with a freaking gun, unquote. There's proof of that on the internet. In Chattanooga, Tennessee, a member of a local Moms for Liberty chapter harassed an opposing group, threatened to report them for child abuse, and called them, quote-unquote, pedophile sympathizers. In Milwaukee County, Wisconsin, police had to be called to a school board meeting after members of Moms for Liberty accused attendees of being, quote-unquote, groomers, and wanted to show Explicit pictures to children in Charleston, South Carolina, a Moms for Liberty affiliated member of the local school board publicly stated that he would show up at his son's teacher's doorstep with a gun if the teacher came out as transgender. The group's incredible growth over the course of two years coincided with and helped create a wider national debate about the politicization of The education system, which is the main thing that I wanted to talk about on this podcast today. But if we take a look at the beginnings of Moms for Liberty, initially, it was seemingly created to harass just one woman. Tina Deskovic, the person who's a co-founder of this organization I told you about earlier, helped found the group after losing a school board re-election in brevard county florida to a woman named jennifer jenkins jenkins told vice news quote in the beginning i thought this was a joke because when they came to our school board meetings i used to call them jokingly moms against jennifer jenkins because they didn't have this cohesive thought or mission unquote but that quickly changed because moms for liberty grew and deskovic was joined by tiffany justice a former school board member in neighboring indian river county and Bridget Ziegler, a member of the Sarasota County School Board. And the trio officially incorporated Moms for Liberty as a 501c4 nonprofit in January of 2021. Ziegler's involvement was key for the group's evolution. The article says she was deeply entwined with the GOP machine, both locally and nationally. Her husband is the chair of the Florida Republican Party, and Ziegler has ties to national organizations like the Influential Leadership Institute, an advocacy group that trains conservative activists. She was also photographed at her election night victory party last August alongside two members of the Proud Boys. You know, the Proud Boys who keep getting arrested and then keep getting found guilty for, you know, insurrecting the Capitol. Uh Uh-oh. Now, Ziegler has denied any close links to the street fighting group, labeling them quote-unquote a menace after she appeared... In the photo with them. Ziegler, Justice, and Eskovic, who didn't respond to Vice News' request for a comment for this article, quickly latched on to the titanic struggle over mask mandates that was raging across the country and used it as a rallying cry for like-minded parents because masks are just horrible. You know, they still remain focused, however, on Jenkins. At first, the group attacked her during school board meetings over her support of COVID restrictions. Then, Members of Moms for Liberty, which at this point had a few dozen members, began getting in Jenkins' face at the meetings, recording videos of her and posting them on their Facebook page where they would mock her. Oh, yes, very civil. Weeks later, Jenkins noticed that members of extremist groups were showing up at the meetings and standing with Moms for Liberty. Then in February of 2021, things turned nasty because Deskovic posted the school district's LGBTQ guideline document which provides privacy rights to trans students on her personal Facebook page and claimed the schools were implementing it behind people's backs. The document wasn't exactly new, though. The school board had been working on it for over a year, even when Deskovic wasn't a part of the school board. She'd even had meetings with the superintendent about the guidelines, Jenkins said. Mark Mullins, the superintendent at the time, did not respond to a request comment jenkins said quote she disseminated it to the entire community as if it was brand new because of one democrat who was on the board and she spread it on moms for liberty and it created this insane rage in our community and that's really when it started to get crazy unquote the outrage came to a head at a board meeting in march when jenkins described it as a quote unquote mini insurrection i don't know that word probably shouldn't be used that often but Scenes of chaos at school board meetings are now all too familiar, but the protests outside of the Brevard County meeting that night were shocking. LGBTQ students and their parents attending the meeting had to walk through a gauntlet of protesters shouting, Shame on you. Video footage from the event shows a truck with American flags driving up and down the street outside the building, with the driver shouting through a speaker, calling those protesting to support the rights of LGBTQ kids. Sick pedophiles and child molesters. Jenkins said, quote, I became the focal point of their outrage because I was defending our LGBTQ students and staff. I wasn't the only one on the board defending them, but I was definitely not afraid to say it loud and proud. Unquote. In April, the protests moved from the school board meetings to Jenkins House. A group of protesters shouted the word pedophiles at the house. At one point, the crowd mistook two friends of Jenkins for her and her husband, shouting at them. In Jenkins' recollection, the protesters shouted, quote, We're coming for you. We're coming at you like a freight train. We are going to make you beg for mercy. If you thought January 6th was bad, wait until you see what we have for you, unquote. You get it? Because they did January 6th, and now they want to do it again. How about that? What? A spokesperson for Moms for Liberty denied the group had any involvement in the protests at Jenkins' house, pointing to previous comments from Deskovic given to Florida Today in 2021, which were, quote, First and foremost, Jennifer Jenkins is a mom, and it's unacceptable to have that kind of behavior in front of her home. I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't support it in any way at all, and it's just unacceptable behavior. It's not good for our community, unquote. While Jenkins said she mostly didn't fear for her own life, She remembered one incident where a man was protesting at her house and then left to go to a school board meeting. On the way to the meeting, he filmed himself and claimed that he was going to shoot the entire school board. There is evidence on the Internet. Nicholas Carrington did not respond to a request for comment, and the charges against him were ultimately dropped by police because clearly he was no threat to society. Jenkins said, quote, that freaked me out because we don't have any metal detectors or protection in place for our school board meeting, unquote. The harassment was nonstop At board meetings, Moms for Liberty members would shout and intimidate Jenkins as she walked to and from her car to the point where she had to be escorted by security. During school board meetings, trucks adorned with your favorite guy, Donnie Boy, Trump stickers parked outside her house where her husband was at home with their four-year-old daughter. Jenkins said, quote, I cried every single day. It was awful. Now, as we continue, the Moms for Liberty group denied being involved in the protests at Jenkins' house, but Jenkins said she saw members of the group standing outside her home. At one protest in September 2021, Jenkins said one protester shouted, quote, be careful, your mommy hurts little kids, unquote, to her daughter. Others chanted, quote, you're going to jail, unquote. Her neighbors informed Jenkins that they had seen protesters, brandishing weapons in the church parking lot behind her house. The next day, Jenkins and her husband found a large F.U. burned into the lawn with weed killer. Hours later, a man knocked on her door and identified himself as the investigator from the Florida Department of Children and Families. Someone had made a false complaint that she was abusing her daughter. The investigator sat at her kitchen table and asked her how she disciplined her daughter before accompanying her to the play date her daughter was on at the time to check for non-existent burn marks beneath the child's clothes. And Jenkins' account of this is backed up by emails from the department that were reviewed by Vice News. The never-ending torrent of abuse meant that an extreme situation became normalized. And so basically, while all this was going on... Moms for Liberty continued to grow, grow in members, grow in chapters, grow in states. And what Lee Leah from Defense of Democracy, as I said earlier, what she said about the group is, quote, part of what makes us so successful is pretending we're moms, we're a community, we're just grassroots, we want to help protect your children. It's absolute BS, but they have a great message. There's a reason they're growing, because they're smart, unquote, even though they are Crazy. Like in Livingston County, Michigan, a chapter allegedly engaged with extreme methods similar to those of the original group, according to court documents and firsthand accounts of those targeted. During a September 2021 board meeting to discuss mass mandates, Jennifer Smith, the chapter chair of the local Moms for Liberty group, sent the school board a chilling message. Quote, we are coming for you. Take that as a threat. Call the FBI. I don't care. End quote. One parent at the meeting, Sarah Cross, took up Smith on her offer and called the FBI. As a result, Smith was contacted by an FBI agent who was tracking possible domestic terrorism cases linked to school board meetings. A couple months ago, Cross was threatened directly. Cross, who's a lawyer and the mother of a biracial student in the district, said, quote, my first encounter with Moms for Liberty was at a school board meeting in 2021 when a parent threatened to punch me in the face, unquote. Cross was at the Brighton area school district meeting to speak out against an email. A school administrator had sent, comparing the masking of children to prevent the spread of covid to the Holocaust, because those are obviously the same things. These are not Sandra's facts at the meeting. Cross asked a group of people wearing Moms for Liberty shirts to stop interrupting the speakers and talking amongst themselves, which is when one of the members threatened her. But this was just the beginning of the harassment that Cross faced from Smith. Cross said, quote, the local chapter leader, Smith, has become obsessed with me. I had a restraining order against her for stalking. She's made completely baseless allegations that I stalked and harassed her children and that I got her husband fired from her job. She wants she shares my home address with people in the community because she wants people to harass me. Unquote. Cross said that a number of other strange things have occurred as well. Someone appeared to have cut the cables to her outdoor lights, a nail was placed behind the tire of her car, someone tried to steal her dog twice, and someone parked across the road and took pictures of her family. Of course, normal things to do. Cross said, quote, my daughter is afraid to go outside, she gets flipped off when she goes out to get the mail. Unquote. Cross blames moms for liberty and believes that acceptance of the abusive behavior by adults is emboldening students in the area's schools to follow suit, Cross said, quote, my daughter has been called the N-word in school, unquote, adding that another student had a swastika drawn on their back. Cross said, quote, it's not going to go away. It's just going to get worse. People don't realize what they're about, how powerful they are, and the momentum that's gaining, and they're not going to stop. Smith, the head of the local Moms for Liberty chapter, doesn't appear to have been inconvenienced by these accusations. Instead, she's been further empowered because she was elected as head of the Livingston County Republican Party in December of last year. So, just uh, take a moment and take that in. Terrible. Because uh, that was uh, a lot. First off, how do these people have all this time? Like, what do these people do in their lives? They have all this time to protest random people at their homes, Doing these horrible things. And first, and doing these horrible things, too. All the things I just described, would you ever do to someone? These are horrible things to do to someone. These are awful people. Let me just tell y'all. Awful people, these people are. For doing these things. Gash facts. It's ridiculous. Even if you're brainwashed, which they clearly are. And clearly they've been listening, well, when he was alive, to a too mu- a little too much rush a little too much Tucker, all that stuff, even if you are engulfed in that right-wing bubble of fantasies and lies, of groomers and drag shows being the worst things, the biggest threats to our country, even so, you have to be a truly awful person to engage in those attacks. Wouldn't you think? Those are horrible things to do to people. And that's not even all of it. There's a ton of other things that are detailed in the article. That Moms for Liberty did. Like, it goes on to list one including about a superintendent in a Florida school district. Here, I'll just read you this one. Because it's not just about people being gay and transgender and bisexual. And those are apparently horrible things, which you should be called terrible things and be told to die and have threats with guns made at you. Just because of what you're doing. Which really doesn't affect them in any way whatsoever. But, you know, let me just read this one about a superintendent in Florida whose name was Larry Levin. The article reads, Larry Levin has dedicated his, an, almost his entire working life to public education, working as a teacher and a principal in New York and setting up an English language school in Hong Kong before returning in August 2021 to New York State, where he was appointed superintendent for the Florida Union Free School District. But things quickly turned sour when a small cohort of Moms for Liberty members began attending school board meetings to berate Levin in person while simultaneously mounting an online harassment campaign calling for his resignation. The attacks focused on the fact that Levin is an openly gay man, oh, the horror, and also highlighted that he had attended an event with author and religion professor Anthea Butler, who was speaking about her book, White Evangelical Racism. One of the group's biggest criticisms of Levin related to the availability of the book Gender Queer, which was actually available in the school district before he was even appointed. The attacks got worse, though, after Levin was invited to read to a group of kindergarten children at a local library, and he chose to read the book Pink is for Boys. Oh my gosh, pink. Pink could never be. It's blue. That was dumb. Levin told Vice News, quote, the Moms for Liberty group. Because they have some type of mental illness, they felt I had an agenda. They took all of this as a threat and something that I was bringing to the district and that I was going to destroy the district, unquote. He continues saying, quote, I thought I knew how to handle these types of people because I grew up with it, unquote, Levin said, who was raised and educated in the white evangelical community. But in November 2022, just over a year after taking up the role, he Resigned. He said, quote, I'm absolutely shocked at how quickly they have been able to manifest and to really destroy communities. But I'm not really surprised. I don't want to give Donnie Boy, you know him, more credit. But I really think that when leaders lead with hate and with violent comments, I think that gives permission to people. And I think this group, it made it easier for them to be able to do this to the community, unquote. Levin, of course, was not the only superintendent who was forced out as a result of Moms for Liberty's attacks. These things have been going on across the country. Last November 2022, two hours after being sworn in, six Moms for Liberty-backed candidates in Berkeley County School District, South Carolina, fired Dion Jackson, the district's first black superintendent, and the group also fired the district's lawyer. They banned critical race theory, which I'm sure was being taught in the schools and set up a committee to decide which books and materials should be banned from schools. Like, y'all, it's not an opinion. It's a fact. It's a basic fact. Fact not just on this podcast, but almost everywhere. That critical race theory is not being taught in public schools. That's a big fact. The administrators of the group's Facebook page wrote the same night, quote, six new board members clean house first night on the job, unquote. Weeks later, in Sarasota County, Florida, the school board, which is now chaired, by Moms for Liberty co-founder Ziegler, ousted Superintendent Brennan Asplen, who guided the district through the COVID-19 pandemic and Hurricane Ian, without giving a reason. In Brevard County in Florida, public school Superintendent Mark Mullins was forced out of his position as a result of Moms for Liberty-backed candidates taking control of the school board. And it's not just superintendents. Alexander Ingram, who worked in a public school in Jacksonville, resigned last year because of his school board's failures to defend him against attacks from Moms for Liberty. He said, quote, I became a teacher to nurture young minds, and I think every teacher recently has had to imagine the scenario of what it would be like to shield their children from a hail of bullets in the event of an active shooter. So it's particularly harmful when Moms for Liberty and other far-right extremists come to school board members and call teachers in the room groomers and pedophiles, unquote. Of course, y'all think that Moms for Liberty's trying to stop school shootings, trying to get the guns out. No, they're not. Ingram was also doxxed by members of the group because of his off-duty activism around removing local Confederate mom- monuments. Oh my gosh, the horror. He said, quote, I received death threats like he shouldn't be breathing, musledge teaching, as well as people emailing my principal and our superintendent that I should be fired for indoctrinating children and teaching CRT, unquote. Even those whom Moms for Liberty profess to be protecting have denounced their methods because Chloe Boggs, the president of the youth chapter of Women's Voices of Southwest Florida, which is a nonprofit dedicating to promoting reproductive rights, said, quote, as a high school senior, I have witnessed firsthand the influence of Moms for Liberty and their fear-mongering tactics. Countless students have explained to me their experiences with racism, anti-Semitism, and homophobia, following the rise in political tension within Florida school systems. My peers and I are forced into the middle of all of this. We have watched education become politicized day after day. We have no choice but to fight for a right to a safe, honest, and inclusive education in any way we can, unquote. And finally... Despite all of the damage Moms for Liberty members are doing across the country, the group, as I said, continues to grow its membership and its influence in the Republican Party, as education shapes up to be one of the leading topics during the 2024 presidential election. That's where I'm gonna stop reading, but right below that is a picture of oh the great one, the freedom fighter, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, speaking at the inaugural. Moms for Liberty Summit at the Tampa Marriott Water Street last year in Tampa, Florida. Oh, what a guy. So just a great bunch of people. eh? I mean, can you believe that? But that's who are trying to impose their tyrannical based in falsehoods. As I said, critical race theory is not being taught. You really think groomers grooming is not happening can i just tell you all i was in public schools for 12 years there's no grooming there's no critical race theory there's none of that junk that they say is in there but they're they what do they say are you sure they're trying to impose these tyrannical based and falsehood views on the rest of us by using absurd tyrannical and absolutely insane methods Craziest part, though, is that I bet a lot of those people, if you ask them, would say, oh, yeah, I am a true believer in Jesus in Christianity. I'm a Christian, even though they're literally going against Jesus's most fundamental teachings. I asked history, the history channel, what the main themes of Jesus's teaching were, and it came back with, quote, love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Forgive others who have wronged you. Love your enemies. Ask God for forgiveness for your sins. Don't judge others and don't be hypocritical. Yikes. They blew every single one of those fake Christians. But as the article said, these attacks have gone mainstream. Not just these different groups across the country. We're talking about Congress. Because back when Republicans took over the House of Representatives, y'all know, back in January, they created the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. Something that's going to find some juicy stuff. The subcommittee has apparently been investigating what is described as the Justice Department, quote-unquote, weaponizing the FBI against parents who engage in the, quote, protected First Amendment activity, unquote, of criticizing school board officials. Which, you could absolutely do, but as I just laid out, maybe not to the extent, the extreme extent, that some crazies have. I'll read to you what um, a Washington Post article titled, GOP School Board Push Remains an Elaborate Theory in Search of Evidence. It's an analysis article back from March. I'll read it to you, what it says. It starts off, in the second paragraph, The report states, quote, in one investigation, an FBI field office interviewed a mom for allegedly telling a school board, we are coming for you, unquote. Y'all remember because I just told you that story. It says, the report says the woman told the FBI that she was merely referring to coming for the officials, electorally speaking, not any of the other ways. Road to! House Judiciary Committee Republicans haven't provided many details about the incident, but as I said, the details it has offered line up with an incident in Michigan in late 2021. Both involve an activist for Moms for Liberty, a tip to the FBI, and the activist talking about replacing school board members. In the Michigan case, the activist comments went well beyond coming for you, though. According to the video of the November meeting of the Brighton, Michigan school board, it's literally on tape, the woman said, quote, As you all heard this, we're coming for you. Take it as a threat. Call the FBI. I don't care. You're all either going to be recalled or you're all we're all coming for you. That's what's happening. Unquote. The committee wouldn't confirm or deny this is the instance cited, but its use would conform with a long running campaign by congressional Republicans that has often skirted or gone beyond. The available facts. And you know, we love facts on this podcast. Sanders Facts. Republicans have claimed that a 2021 memo from Attorney General Merrick Garland on combating a quote unquote disturbing spike in school board threats was really about cracking down on dissent, quote, a political offensive meant to quell swelling discord, unquote, in the words of the report. They've cited a letter the National School Boards Association issued immediately before Garland's memo. The letter suggested such threats were akin to quote-unquote domestic terrorism. The NSBA later apologized for the language, but the Justice Department never used that language or endorsed it, and the Justice Department and Garland have always characterized their concerns as solely about threats, not complaints. Now, however one feels about the NSBA or the federal governments becoming involved in such things, There remains no direct evidence that the effort was influenced by politics. And that includes in the new interim report. So basically, this is not just a little group issue in various parts of the country. It's now a congressional issue. Apparently, this is what members of Congress are having to focus on. I mean, here's what's going on. We've got these moms for liberty, whack jobs, to borrow a phrase from their dear leader, Mr. Former President, who said in the CNN town hall, Yikes! threatening and in some ways attacking people who have done the horrific, horrific thing of caring for children's education, for allowing people to express their true selves and be gay or transgender, or bisexual, or what have you. It really doesn't affect you, so I don't know why you care. And now House Republicans are attacking the FBI because of their investigations into these threats and attacks. Because apparently, according to House Republicans, the FBI shouldn't be looking into this because they're politicizing the issue. These things are okay. Why are you looking into this? But I just read to you all that stuff that's going on. And I would say that's not okay. Yeah, okay. But you know what? It's all about the culture wars, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about the culture wars before on this podcast. We've talked about critical race theory, the woke, the attacks on LGBTQ+, particularly transgender on this podcast. And these attacks on education are just another piece in the culture wars. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, the Republican Party has not won the most votes in a presidential election. Since 2004, last time they did it before, that was 1988. They don't have a majority in this country. And so they have to find these ways to engage their base, but also try and persuade people by using falsehoods to vote for them. And the culture wars are exactly that banning books, taking away the rights of LGBTQ plus youth who are not affecting anybody else in any way. Pushing for restrictions on teaching about race, sexual orientation, and gender identity. I mean, it's all the latest focus. Remember, we talked about two years ago. They're on critical race theory right now. They'll move on. A couple weeks ago, they're on woke right now. They'll move on. They always move on. There's always a new boogeyman. Every year or so, it was critical race theory two years ago. You don't hear much about that anymore. A little bit. It's always still there but something pops up. You never heard of woke a year before, but now it's everywhere. It's their latest focus. They found their champion, not just in former president Donnie Boy, but in a man we talked about, actually in a few minutes ago, but also a couple weeks ago on this podcast, Florida governor Ronald McDonald to Santa Claus, Ron DeSantis, who recently has shown that, oh boy, his not even announced bid for the presidency is flailing by, uh, Talking like a bobblehead when he was asked, "I'm not a candidate. I don't know." Guys, did i I'm not. I'm not a candidate. So we'll see if, uh, if and when that changes. And laughing uncom- uncomfortably in videos. It's uncomfortable to watch the man. Yeah, boy. So Desantis has been doing everything Moms for Liberty loves in the state of Florida since 2021. Book bans. I mean, they've increased nationally from school libraries, but nowhere more prominent than in Florida. They have bills like the Parental Rights and Education Law, which you remember as the Don't Say Gay bill. These bills, particularly that one, have led school districts to remove books with LGBTQ plus characters. Oh my goodness! The horror! I'm triggered! LGBTQ plus characters in a book! Take it away! Quit whining! I mean, I was just thinking about this the other day, but our country has advanced a lot on this issue in the last decade. You remember Barack Obama ran for president in 2008. He was like, uh-uh. I, no, I ain't endorsing gay marriage. I mean, in 2009, Modern Family, the TV show, I like that TV show, first came on TV. There was a gay couple, one of the main characters. Oh my gosh. How could they do this? Oh my gosh. Shock. And now, Every TV show I watch has a gay character. And no one bats an eye. Unless you're part of Moms for Liberty, apparently. Now in Florida, trained media specialists are required to evaluate each school book to ensure it is age-appropriate and free of quote-unquote pornographic content. Of course, what exactly they can deem as pornographic is up to them or the state. State of Florida. I'm sure that the People whose salaries are literally decreasing, public school teachers, would love to do this. While DeSantis does claim that only, quote, pornographic and inappropriate, unquote, materials have been removed, the nonprofit organization Pan America finds that to be false. I can't believe you lied. Some Florida school districts have banned books like the biographies of Hank Aaron and Roberto Clemente. You know, the baseball players. They have pornographic and inappropriate materials in them. Oh, no, they're black. I'm so sorry. The Handmaid's Tale, which is a show on Hulu. And if you watch the show, you know why they banned that book. DeSantis, Forever by Judy Blume, The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, and many more. Florida school districts have banned over 350 books since last July. Florida's actually second in banned books in the country. Texas. Is number one, because they just do everything bigger in Texas. I mean, yeah. And we've talked about this on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Woke. The Stop Woke Act. Episode 100, The Current State of America, if you all want to go listen to that, if you didn't listen. There's the Stop Woke Act. What is woke? I still don't have the definition. That prohibits instruction that could make students feel guilty or responsible for their past actions of other members of their race. So we shouldn't learn about slavery or what white people did in the middle of the 20th century to make sure segregation continued in the South. Do you remember George Wallace, who was the governor of Alabama, who ran for president, who said segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever in his Southern draw. Today, I have stood where once Jefferson Davis stood and took an oath to our people. It is very appropriate that from this cradle of the Confederacy, this very heart of the great Anglo-Saxon Southland, that today we sound the drum for freedom, as have our generation of forebears before us done time and again down through history. Let us rise to the call of freedom-loving blood that is in us, and send our answer to the tyranny that clanks its chains upon the south. In the name of the greatest people that have ever trod this earth, I draw the line in the dust and toss the gauntlet before the feet of tyranny, and I say segregation now, segregation tomorrow, and segregation forever. And everybody around him, oh my gosh, yes, yes, wonderful. Those people, by the way, some of those people are still alive. I mean, oh my goodness, imagine a white child heard that. They were like, white people did this, oh my gosh. This is terrible, I feel so bad about myself. We have to protect the children, the snowflake children. Wait, I thought, snowflakes. But we all know this really isn't about protecting children, protecting the snowflake children at all, apparently. It's about control. Same reason for the abortion bans. It's not just about, "Oh my gosh, these babies, we have to save them." No, the people who are implementing these abortion bans, they want control. And for people who advocated fiercely as you saw and heard against mass mandates and vaccine mandates, it's pretty hypocritical, wouldn't you think? For those people who preach conservatism, what they're engaging in is not conservatism, and limited government, it's pretty hypocritical. Banning math textbooks because they contain critical race theory? It's about control. Math textbooks don't have critical race theory. Oh my gosh, did that say John... John could be a black name. We must get rid of that because it's critical race theory. Police. They talk about it giving parents more choice and freedom. That's what Florida's talking about. That's what these Republicans are talking about. That's what Moms for Liberty talks about. But all it really does is it restricts everybody because they're not just getting rid of the books and the teachings for the parents who complain. They're getting rid of them for everybody. Because apparently, we need parents to have more choice and freedom for everybody. They need to make the decisions for everybody, not just for their child. Or even if they don't have a child. Like, let me just tell you all something. In the locality that I live in, we had a school board election in November of 2022, which was last year. And we had a candidate who did not have any children in the school system, never had, and yet all he did was complain. About LGBTQ, groomers, critical race theory. I can tell you, I went to that school district for 12 years. There ain't none of that stuff in there. And I doubt it's changed in the last couple years since I left. And thankfully he lost, and he lost big time. Ha ha, loser. And I don't know if he was a part of Moms for Liberty. Clearly he wasn't a mom. But, just goes to show you, they're everywhere, including here in Virginia. But it's not something we haven't seen before. Because things like book bans have happened in America before. Y'all know, they happened worldwide before. Remember, the Nazis liked to burn books. Harken back to a time when instead of Moms for America, we had a group you may have heard called the John Birch Society. That was back in the 1960s advocating for book bans. John Birch Society is, I believe, still a thing now. But John Birch was focused on The so-called erosion of the moral fiber of the United States, but also the struggle to rid the country of what they regarded as really the socialist left wing. Because, oh, the socialist left wing. By the way, can I just tell you all that I watched on YouTube a recent documentary from PBS's Frontline. By the way, if y'all haven't watched the Frontline documentaries from PBS on YouTube, they're free on there. They put a ton of them on there. They're really good. They have lots of facts. I would highly recommend them. But they had a new documentary that just came out about, oh, the boy, you love him, Clarence Thomas and his wife, Ginny Thomas. That was an interesting documentary, by the way. Y'all y'all probably would um, be interested in Clarence's upbringing and what he believed uh, before he was on the Supreme Court. How'd that go? But you wouldn't believe, also what group Ginny Thomas at the time Ginny Lamp was her maiden name and her family were a part of growing up that's right the John Birch Society in fact there was a quote from the documentary from Jane Meyer of the New Yorker and i wanted to share it it said she said quote you can see so many echoes in the John Birch Society of what became qAnon and other sort of far right radical conspiracy theories and this was a very sort of black and white point of view that made politics into war. That was the kind of the mindset that Ginny Lamp grew up in, unquote. So we've got, and you can deal deal me with the whole, both sides are terrible, but we've got one side who believes it's a war. Politics is a war and they're going to do anything they can to not lose. And you can say that about the other side, but you can't say the other side is doing stuff like burning F.U. into lawns and all, and brandishing their guns and all the other stuff that I just outlined. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Just to wrap this all up, because I know there's been too many facts or, well, interesting things that have been shared on this podcast this week. Too many facts. But to wrap it all up, there's a massive coordinated attack on public schools in America, and it doesn't look to let up anytime soon. The 15 issues that I read earlier and in the podcast last year that are facing public schools, this may be the biggest one. This may be what trumps them all. Because the only way to get these people to quit their craziness is to vote them away into the sun forever. Get them out of here, because I'm sick of those people. Listen, I don't have a problem if you want to be a Republican or a conservative. But when you start harassing people, that's where I have a problem. So there's all that. Of course, it's going to be a tough fight considering their plan worked back in 2021. Y'all remember Virginia, Glenjamin, He won by falsely claiming that critical race theory was infesting our schools. And also his opponent said that, oh, Terry, he said that parents shouldn't have any involvement in what students are taught, which you can agree with that sentiment. But at the time, that was political suicide. I as I said, I went to public school for 12 years in Virginia. There's no critical race theory. Of course he knew that. Glenjamin knew that. It's just a code word, though, for diversity, learning about subjects they don't like, like slavery, LGBTQ, sex education, apparently, which is pretty important, because these people don't want to teach sex education. What do you think's going to happen? They're still going to do it whoa but they're gonna be uninformed which they won't like this but it's gonna lead to more abortions and because they're signing bills all over the country outlawing abortion it's going to lead to more unsafe abortions and it's going to lead to more deaths of not fetuses but living people in the flesh but let me tell y'all something this november in virginia we got an election because we have elections in virginia every year All 140 seats of the General Assembly of the legislature are up for election this November in Virginia. And if you live in Virginia, you better be making a plan to vote. Because it's not just this that's on the ballot. Glenn made sure to note that abortion rights are on the ballot, too. Because he was like, if Republicans get the majority they need in the state senate, we're going to be passing abortion bills. So, he warned you all, I'm just saying. Seriously? You just gotta vote. But back to education, point is, there's a massive attack on public schools right now. Hope People are hoping to have people lose their trust in public schools and transfer over to charter schools, as I said, where the government can't regulate what is taught, even though charter schools get government funding. And the private schools can do whatever they want. And they can tell you that evolution isn't real, which is scientifically untrue. And y'all remember me talking about charter schools. You know how I feel about charter schools. And the data shows that their test scores aren't better than public schools. But listen, y'all, these people are not in the majority. There was a recent survey from Education Next. It found that 93% of Democratic respondents reported that schools should include discussions of slavery and racism and teaching about history. That number was 71% for Republican respondents. There's another survey from Campaign for Our Shared Future. It showed that 87% of parents believed that the civil rights movement should be taught in K 12 schools. 86% supported the teachings of history and experiences of Native Americans. 74% for slavery. 73% for racial inequity in America's past. 69% for ongoing effects of slavery and racism in the US, nice. And 59% for systemic racism. In America's institutions and society, which is what the 1619 Project from the New York Times was trying to teach you all. And you're like, that's how could this be? That's terrible. Even though some people were very surprised to learn that America's institutions, you know, the country where we had slavery and the, you know, three fifths compromise that there was systemic racism and the country that allowed redlining and segregation. Oh, my gosh. How could they? So, you know what? I, we always hear about the silent majority. That's what they are. But as I told you, they have not won a presidential election. They have not gotten the most votes since 2004. That's 19 years ago. So don't let them tell you that they're part of some silent majority when in reality, they're just the loud minority. Because truly and factually, that's what they are. These are facts. Xander's facts. So there you have it, y'all. That is this week's Zater's Facts Flashback. Thank you all so much for listening, and remember that if you liked all the facts that were on this week's flashback, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, the Zander's Facts Flashback. Also, rate and review the podcast. That kind of helps out. And check us out on all the socials, Twitter, threads, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm on all those, at Zander's Facts. That's Xander with a Z. And most importantly, remember to tell all your friends. Spread the facts! Zander's Facts Podcast. Tell all your friends about the podcast, the newsletter, Zander's Weekend Facts, and Zander's Facts on YouTube, because all our episodes, including this flashback, get posted to YouTube with a nice background, subscribe, check it out, it's all fun, and then check out the Zander's Facts link tree, because it does have all the Zander's Facts links that you need. By the way, Substack, YouTube, and the link tree are all linked in this episode's description, so I talk about them, and I give you all the links. So don't say you can't find the facts, because they're right there. How about that? So as I said, episode 118, we talk about the Hollywood strikes with the actors and the writers. Basically, everything you need to know about them. We talk about that next week on episode 118. Make sure to tune in to that. But that is it. That is a wrap on this week's Xander's Facts Flashback. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see y'all with episode 118 of the podcast. Next week. The caravan of mostly Central American immigrants is now in the Mexican city of Huachuela.